Welcome everyone, you are listening to and perhaps watching Hot Sauce Sports. I am joined with Terry Tam, as usual. Uh, he is joining me via his home, I am via my home, Eagle is via the studio. We are still in quarantine, uh, we're not quarantine rather, but lockdown. Um, and <laughs> the show's coming out a day late because there was worries that Eagle may break curfew. Um, I can't believe I said that in a sentence and I wasn't making fun of Eagle's relationship. He also uh, he also lives like five minutes by walk away from the studio. So the fact that there's even a threat of getting a ticket, a $1,500 ticket, just because you're walking home past the time you should be home is crazy to me. It's fucking nuts. So I have, I have um, a thought. Um, and it's, so we, you know, look, we've done everything we can on our end. We've been responsible. We've done everything we've could. I know, uh, I, I am not going to speak for anyone else. I did the whole thing. I didn't see my family through the holidays. I, I'm on board. Like, listen, we need to, we need to keep safe. I wear a mask in public. Um, I work from home as often as I can. It's difficult. I, I work in a school outside of hot sauce sports. Uh, you know, so like it, it but whatever I can do. I want to be part of the solution, not the problem. Um, curfew kind of rubs me the wrong way. And and I, let me get into that a little bit. What I mean by that is... And not the right way like our sponsor does. Yeah, no, listen. Mike's yeah. Barbecue Rub, he knows that I got to rub my meat as is Mike. So, <laughs> so Mike, he wants Mike to remind me, you. Yeah, he reminds me all the time. He knows, listen, peas, now's the time to rub your meat. Rub it. Never forget to rub your meat. Yeah, his barbecue sauce is great, great sponsor. But no, this this rubs me the opposite way. It's like it's the opposite of stranger danger. It's like rubbing your hand with like a a glove that creates a lot of friction. Like you know those like material gloves, like one size fits all. That's the kind of rub it gives me. Um, <laughs> because listen, I haven't seen a scientific rationale as to how this will help. And what worries me is I don't want this to be the situation that occurred after 9-11 where the Patriot, Act, the Patriot Act enabled the government to implement laws and precedent because precedent is hugely important in lawmaking. Precedent that can never be revoked. So once you give the ability to set a curfew, just like in, in Canada, for example, uh, or once, once they passed uh, legalized cannabis, um, the city of Montreal allowed for police officers to pull people over without having a reason. Prior to legalization of cannabis, they, they had to provide the driver with the reason. For example, the most famous question ever, when you see this on TV and so on and so forth, is when the cop says to the driver, do you know why I pulled you over? And then he tells him why. That no longer exists, and they used a law, uh, the cannabis law and, and laws related to distribution of cannabis to pass that law using the idea of public safety passed that law. And I, not that that specific law bothers me, but rather the implications it can create because we don't know where our country will look like in 30 years. For example, Terry, you never thought that we would see insurrection at the state capital in the United States 30 <laughs> years ago, yet here we are. That here we are. We Here we are where, to the point where uh, guys in Viking costumes can crash the Capitol building and get in and just chill and then be... And then go to prison and be given organic food because hey, that's my diet. Can can we all just agree though? That was a sick costume though. Like, it was. It was. Like I thought, and I was like, damn, where did he get that? It was a good costume. I, I'll give it to him. A lot of those guys had good costumes. I think that yeah, a lot of them. My favorite was watching all of them dressed like clowns. That they, they really look good. 
Yeah, a lot of them dressed as human beings too, which is great because it's clearly not what they were. Honestly, Eags, that's a good point because I look at that and obviously what I think is the government are clowns because you look like a clown. For example, when I go to the circus and I see an elephant, I'm like, oh, obviously I'm an elephant. Because yes. that's how that works. <laughs> <laughs> I do like, I like, I do like the, the QAnon shaman. I will say the confidence to have what's clearly a penis tattooed on the side of his chest um, that's meant to look like an upside down axe. Bro, it look, it's a penis. It's okay. Yeah. If it's I okay have it's also okay if you're hiding something. If you're compensating or you're hiding something, it's okay. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> um, a lot has happened in the world. And a lot's happening in the world of hot sauce sports, Terry. Um, as we see Bill Belichick refusing the highest honor a, a civilian can get in the United States because of everything that's going on, our world is experiencing a different, different, uh, different kind of attention altogether. The boys at Healthy Scratch have been pumping out a ton of articles. I'm, as you know, Terry, we joke about it all the time. I'm um, a casual NHL observer um, the same way, for example, like other people are, let's say, fight fans or, or fight observers or NBA observers. That's what I kind of am. But they've got me ready for this NHL season in a way I've never been before. For real, they just they just sent us the new their new their first podcast. So I'm gonna be posting it over the weekend, and I uh, can't wait to listen to it. I really do because they're, they're knowledgeable guys. They know what they're talking about, right? So I'm, I'm pumped to have them on. They're a bunch of good guys. They're not a and bunch John of jerks. Of course, putting out his weekly content. I have an article out as well, which we'll talk about a little bit later uh, when we talk about the NFL. Uh, just lots of good stuff. We have another exciting project in the works, which we'll unveil details about as we go. Uh, we, look, we know we know that there's a lot of stuff out there, and we're trying to offer our listeners and our fans, you know, a wide array of things. You don't have to like everything. You you might not like this show. You might like Weekly Sauce. You might not like Weekly Sauce. You might like uh, Healthy Scratch. You, you you might like what we do. Honestly, any way that you can support us, we truly appreciate it. Remember to watch, like, subscribe, rate, review, all that stuff. We do appreciate the time you give us and. We're trying more and more to give you guys uh, more and more content. Uh, honestly, the rate at which we're, we're providing content is, uh, I never imagined to be doing as much as we're doing. And we even have a Patreon uh, account coming. Uh, Eagle, uh, we we have that coming. We don't have much, many details on that yet, do we? It exists. Don't go subscribe to it just yet. It'll be ready soon. We'll have all the benefits of being one of our uh, patrons very shortly. And to just add on to what you were saying, you meant if you don't figuratively like the content, because literally you should be clicking that like button on everything yeah. that we post, right? Give us money. <laughs> if you hate me, like the content. Like exactly. physically like it, hit the like button. Exactly. Um, we got a lot to get to. We got, we got a, um, a lot of pretty heavy show. We have a Great interview with Sean Campbell, TSN 690. The guy's an absolute gem. I love him. Uh, we're going to talk to him, and we're going to change costumes for a little bit, and then we're going to come back and put on the clothes we're wearing now for reasons unexplained. Uh, but because we have so much going on, let's get to it. Uh, it's time for the news. really yeah we don't hear it i mean i heard it so that's what that's matters. okay that's fine and, the fan, oh, sorry. The people heard it ah terry is the news there you go there we go um i i'm excited and i'm happy for the cleveland browns i know they were the pinata for so long and they've 
when they when they loaded up on talent and and didn't make the playoffs, it was funny. We all laughed. We had a good laugh. But 18 years in the making, they win a playoff game. It's against the Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger's crying. Eh, kind of felt good. Kind of felt good for football fans across across America. I love it. I love it. And in fact, this is the thing with the Browns is that I think that everybody kind of secretly roots for the Browns. It's sometimes maybe some of their players you won't root for. But for the most part, we do secretly root for the Browns. And I was happy that they won. But I was scared going into the game. I was like, fuck, they're going to lose this game. Ben Roethlisberger wasn't there last week when they clinched the playoffs versus the Steelers. Uh, uh, Kevin Stefanski is not going to be there to call plays. Like, it's going to be a mess. But Baker Mayfield put the team on his back, though. And he fucking he put some work in. And good for him, man. He really shut up a lot of people. And specifically, he shut up uh, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster and Chase Claypool to a certain extent. Who's still so talking, I, I by know. the way? Like, I don't understand what Chase Claypool's doing. Like, you lost, you're done, and he's complaining about how, oh, well, it's because they didn't lose, uh, we didn't, they didn't win gracefully. Like, fuck you, you lost. Shut the fuck uh, up and go away. Yeah, he was saying it's because they all started going after Juju after the game, but Juju went after them. He's like, Brown's gonna Brown. Like, you're insulting my team. You know what I mean? Like, you're insulting my guys. And like Chase, Chase Claypool saying that, um, yeah, well, you know what? The Browns are still going to cla- get clapped next week anyway. Yeah, they're facing the Chiefs. That's probably going to happen. But you know what, Pittsburgh Steelers? I actually like the Browns in that game. One game in your last five, the Jets have won two. Guess who would have got clapped if you won? The Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> Nobody believed in you. Like, come on. It's, it, it, look, they're, they're a good team, aging quarterback. Did anyone think they're elite? I, even when they were eleven and zero, I was like, "Yeah, they're 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 a good team." I didn't feel like, "Oh my god, this is overwhelming." I like I actually like the Browns next week for a bet for as a betting man, but not as the not as the because uh, was it eleven points eleven as a, a guy. Yeah, exactly. So I like that. I like yeah. that spread, and I do like if you can take some uh, some better odds with a lesser spread. Maybe if you can find like a line at plus six and a half. I do like the Browns at plus six and a half because I, I do think they can win that game. I do. I Casey, we although they've dominated, they're a week off. You know, there's no fans. Like it takes it takes that stuff away from you, and it's like I think the Browns can go into Kansas City and win a game. I really do. My issue with that though is uh, the team that's been worst at defending slot receivers all season long is the Cleveland Browns. They rank 31 or 32nd on every single week of the NFL. Now, lining up in that spot is often Tyreek Hill, and when it's not <laughs> him, it's Travis Kelsey. So, like it's it just seems like it's just like the Chiefs are better, and it's a particularly bad matchup. But look, I will say the Browns have shown they showed against the Ravens they can score a ton of points. They showed against in this past game they can they can score a ton of points. So maybe it's not uh, all that it's you know it's not everything. It's not as, as predetermined as, as one would like to think. Baker Mayfield, I saw this graphic come up, Terry. He's the youngest remaining quarterback in the AFC. He's 23 years old. Sorry, he's the oldest. The oldest, he's the oldest yeah. remaining quarterback in the AFC. He's 23 years old. On the side of the NFC, you have Drew Brees, you have Aaron Rodgers, and you have Peyton Manning. And and they showed this graphic. Peyton Manning. They showed, they showed uh, George Blanda <laughs> and Tom Brady, the two oldest quarterbacks, to throw touchdowns in a NFL playoff game. I see Tom Brady. He looks like a guy... Like we know, never eaten a strawberry, not his thing. Uh, dude is absolutely like a temple. On the other hand, uh, George Blanda looks like he put a temple's worth of cocaine up his nose, smoked a full <laughs> pack of cigarettes, drank a quart of whiskey right before the game, if not in the huddle. I, I, look, it's, like, it's kind of like the, the Jay Cutler thing. 
George Blanda looks like a guy who played with a cigarette in his mouth. He looks like a guy who who on bench while defense is on, he's he's crushing stogies. He has like yeah. whiskey. He's whiskey and he's crushing stogies. Thousand percent. Thousand percent. Quick, I, quick I shot of whiskey before he goes on. Quick shot of bourbon. I, I, I loved it. I thought I thought it was it, it, like I don't even think that was this. I guess this game was on ESPN. I don't even think that they understood how awesome it was to have this graphic. I laughed like the second it hit my screen, and then I was like. Okay, maybe I'm a crazy. Like I find certain things funny that a lot of people don't that don't find funny. I went onto Twitter and the whole world erupted in laughter. It was awesome. It was awesome. I was gonna say I'm pretty sure I saw this guy ask me for money at the corner yesterday for like buying booze or something. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. He does. He does seem to type. Um, but yeah, like so we saw we saw that we saw a whole wide range of things on the, the previous week of the playoffs. Um, we also saw for the first time. A Nickelodeon broadcast. I know Terry. I know you were bothered by the Nickelodeon broadcast. It's not that I was bothered by that. I'm just like it's like, oh, oh, how gimmicky are we gonna get? And the, I, I understand they're trying to they're trying to attract a younger audience. But I don't know. Do younger people not watch football anymore? I mean, I feel like everybody I know that has a son is watching football. I uh, like. I think the I think the I think the market's still there. And you know they're trying to maybe expand it a bit. And I get it. I get the whole thing. But if I'm a kid and I'm watching the Bears score a touchdown against the Saints and start some green goo, yeah, like this exactly. Some green goo starts coming out of the fucking uh, coming out of the end zone. This is all I'm gonna remember football as, and not at its purity. So I mean, I, I'll agree that there's a chance that this is the glowing puck for the NFL. Like this is like when Fox tried to take on hockey and tried to make it young and hip and and we all make we've all made fun of the glowing puck as Canadians since it existed. Um, that said, I don't know. I thought it was kind of fun. It's it, it's a sport. Um, you said like when the Bears score a touchdown, turns out that only happens at the very end of the game anyway. Um, <laughs> but um, I I wasn't bothered by it. But what I found funny and like. I kind of see your point, Terry, but at the same time, you're also not the guy going on Twitter railing against how this offends the sanctity of the game. But there's so much of that, like middle-aged white dudes losing their shit about how dare they do this to football. I'm like, don't, bro, they play just don't watch, don't watch Nickelodeon. They they showed the broadcast on other channels. Just don't watch Nickelodeon at that point. I was actually upset as a Canadian. I couldn't get it. I I, I had I had to watch. Of the game, the regular feed, and then now and again on Twitter, I would see a, a highlight, yeah, and yeah. and I would get to see some green slime. What I, the, the the funniest thing about this, I don't know if you saw this, Terry. By the way, when you say I don't know if you saw this, was a thing that I know that you saw, but they do that on late night shows as a as a forced transition. So <laughs> I don't know if you saw this, Terry, but um, Barstool Sports got behind uh, the vote and pushed people to vote for Nick uh, for uh, for Mitchell Trubisky as the first. MVP Nickelodeon Valuable Player. I didn't see this. Okay, so uh, amazing. That's the first time ever in the history of media this is a thing. So um, during the game, because as you know, Big Cat from uh, part of my take is a big Bears fan. So they were tweeting out and telling people, hey, go vote for uh, Trubisky as the MVP. And um, so he ended up winning that award because of the pull and, and roar of, of Barstool Sports. And then the the winner of that award was supposed to get like slimed in real time after the game, except that they never expected it would be the quarterback of the losing game where they got blown out completely. And Eagle brings up the, the, the voting. I can't, we can't see the percentages, though. Oh, the second in the MVP vote. 
That's fucking crazy, man. How do they put that up there? How do you not realize that? Just honestly, at that point, fake the results. Like we listen. Yeah. If ever there was an election to fake the results, the MVP is the one. <laughs> Although they did slime Sean Payton. I don't know if you guys saw that. He actually stood that. there and they dumped it on his head. And I felt like an episode of Oh Oh. All I was waiting for was the weird dominatrix-looking guy with some weird catchphrase. That was cool. Actually, I like Sean Payton playing along, and he's always kind of played along with a lot of the, uh, the uh, you know, sort of the things that Barstool Sports have done. They, he, he was, like, secretly wearing the Goodell clown shirt last season, too, if you remember. So I kind of love that. Um, I got an article out, Terry. I don't know if you saw it. See, I did it again. I did see it. You did see it? I would yes, hope so. Sir. It's on our website. Um, <laughs> there's a rumor. Uh, the Sean Watson... Said he wants to be traded. He said that he would like to be traded to the Dolphins, or or he, well, the Dolphins are one of the destinations, and the one that's being talked about the most. There's some rumors that it might be Tua and the Houston's own third pick that they traded to the Dolphins last year. Um, and I gave some reasons as to why I thought it would be a good idea. I'd be happy with either Tua or Deshaun Watson, but obviously, like you take the proven track record versus the guy you you're just learning about, right? Exactly. And it, it it's tough to, to say that Tua doesn't have a proven record because we've seen rookie quarterbacks come in and, and, and do well in their first year. And that's their, their proven record is where you drafted them. Like you, they proved to you that they deserve to be there. But on the other hand is that we've seen the Sean Watson torch teams with by being coached by Bill O'Brien. So if we can if you can get if you can get any sort of success uh, with the Miami Dolphins, who are an up-and-coming team, and the Texans can be like, let's restart our franchise with Tua. I don't see why. I don't see what the problem is. I mean, I do like the trade. I'm the type of guy where I drafted a guy. I want to see him. I want to see it come to fruits, kind of thing. So I like like to keep Tua, but you can't ignore a talent like Watson. I mean, that's crazy to me. Well, just how often do you see a 25 year old superstar available? And and like he's in by every definition of the word a superstar. Like, given how bad the Texans were. He was still seventh in yards and like, like fifth in touchdowns or something. Like, yeah, and he had exactly. a five to one like touchdown to turnover ratio. In this and he lost one of the best receivers in the league in DeAndre Hopkins. Like, if you lose that and you're still producing that amount of yards, that's crazy. That just goes to show you how 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 good of an army has. I mean, yeah, his team wasn't around; it wasn't great, and he had some really bad games. But I think this just the team was just really bad, just really bad team this year. Yeah, I I agree with that. Um, I think, like, I guess, I think it works either way. I think there's a lot behind the idea that Deshaun Watson um, has wanted to be a leader for social justice. The Miami Dolphins supported Kenny Stills when he was there. Uh, the, the coach and GM are black. They are one of the uh, the, the most minority represented uh, front offices in the sport. Um, and even Stephen in Ross, um, even Ross in uh, Rice baseball, Foundation, which helps uh, young African Americans. Uh, in sports, even in baseball, they're uh, the Miami Marlins are the most multicultural uh, front office. Um, they just hired a GM who's a woman, an Asian woman. Uh, their president is Derek Jeter, so like president one of the end part owner is Derek, Derek Jeter. So there's you know there's that Miami is a city of that's you know they're very progressive when it comes to that, and it's good on them. And I think that the Sean bringing in the Sean Watts, I mean Tua, I don't know what his background is, but he's clearly Hawaiian. And, he is Hawaiian, yeah. Yeah, so he's Samoan. Uh, background so like for him I mean yeah there's a multicultural there but I think that in Miami bringing in a black quarterback might change it a bit too may change your perception and I touched on this in the article the the Texans um, previous owner well the the 
his son now runs a team because he's passed, but he was the, the owner who was famous for saying, we can't let the inmates run the asylum. Making that quote, of course, and not realizing what was wrong with it in a predominantly <laughs> black league, that's kind of an issue. So Crazy. that's the same organization that he's having that issue with. He didn't. He wasn't consulted with hiring the new GM. And like, listen, you got to listen to your superstars because they don't have the obligation to play there. As we're seeing with James Harden forcing his way out in Houston, Terry, I know you're fed up at talking about James Harden, but I can't help but he keeps making news every week. Right? Now we now we have to talk about James Harden. I used to not want to talk about Antonio Brown. I was tired of talking about James Harden, but now we have to talk about James Harden. The reason why is because this trade is fucking is banana lands. It doesn't make sense to me. I mean, it doesn't make sense from which part? It doesn't make sense that all these pieces went everywhere and the Pacers only ended up with a second-round pick and, and then Levert. That's the part that bothers me. So, I was, you know what? And, and we talked about this yesterday, but I was thinking about this today. I actually think, while I, I'm a huge fan of Victor Oladipo, I think he's a, he's, a, he's a type of player I like. I like sort of the, the two-way wings. He, he's just he's a lot of fun to watch, a lot of energy. When he came back from injury, he didn't look himself in the playoffs. And yeah, we don't yeah. know what the health is like, but you are getting a healthy Karis Levert. And I know the name at the moment isn't as sexy, but I actually think there's a chance that Indian that Indiana moved a guy with a big name for a slightly younger player with be, with better health history. The Pacers are doing fantastic this year. I've watched a few of their games. For some reason, they're showing their games on 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 Sportsnet and stuff, and I've watched a few of their games, and they are doing absolutely fantastic this year. I have no complaints with how the Pacers are playing, and they're they're playing they're playing that way because they have they're, they're a team that's kind of like built like Miami, where they might have one guy that's pretty good, and the rest are just kind of follow along, and they all have their role. And every game, there's somebody else that comes up and makes a big play, and it's just that they're they're a very good team, and I love the way they're playing so far. Love it. Yeah, I um I look, I think I I don't think it's um I don't think it's as big a hit as it seems for the Pacers in in this trade. I think I think it's there's a chance that they improve or at the very least they end up with a maybe similar caliber player to the one they gave up. Uh the big story obviously Harden going to the Nets joining Kyrie and a KD. That said, is he joining Kyrie? We don't know. We haven't seen him. <laughs> Kyrie hasn't played. I thought this might have been a silent suspension for having been seen without uh, a mask. But he also did. He was seen without wearing a mask in a public gathering. I think it was a birthday party. But he's also missing games because some things are more important than basketball. I, I The messaging is very confusing to me. I think he's just he's just... He might be mentally burnt out. I think that he's he's put himself. He's a weird guy, man. He before games he puts he burns sage on the fields. He he like he puts these things in the corners when he when he's warming up. Like he he's burning incense in the on the field in the in the the arena. Like he's he's a weird guy. He's a very spiritual guy. So like he's probably in his own head to the point where it's like I gotta I gotta do something different now. Like I gotta change something or else I'm gonna be suck the rest of my career. And he might put these demons in his own head. And he also puts himself out there so much that people rip on him all the time. How many times has Charles Barkley ripped on Kyrie Irving? It might play a toll on him. Yeah, and, and like you see stuff like the the one that actually bothered me, and I'm not I'm not one of the guys who gets on Stephen A. Smith a lot because I know the path he took to get to ESPN. There's, there's not a lot of people more accomplished than Stephen A. Smith. That said, at this point, he is basically a wrestler. He's no longer a uh, a, a, a sports journalist. And when he says stuff like at this point, Kyrie should just retire. It's like, well, that's easy to say because you're not leaving, you know, 
tens of millions of dollars on the table. You're, you're making that decision with another dude's money. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I think everyone's like, oh, like did this build the big three. I think that what they actually did was, hey, best case scenario, we have a big three. If not, we have a Harden and KD. Which is not bad. I think KD, we haven't seen him. I mean, he's been playing great this year, but when the season starts getting tighter and you know his injuries start coming back, we'll see how he plays. But I'm not worried about KD at all. What I'm worried about is Kyrie coming back and asking for the ball because he's going to come back. As soon as Kyrie comes back, he, as soon as Kyrie like takes a few games off, he'll be like, he'll start seeing that Harden's going to be taking most of the shots and things like that, and he's going to want to reassert himself into the lineup. So I, I don't I, I, listen. They can win this championship on pure talent alone because that's how the NBA is built, and good on them. But for, realistically, I just as a unit, I'm not a believer in this team. So when when Chris Bosh joined the Big Three in in Miami, um, the quote after the Big Three era was Chris Bosh said. I knew I was going to have to sacrifice, but you don't know sacrifice until you have to do it. Yeah. That's because Kyrie's the third best player on this team now. Yes. And they gave up Jared Allen, who's their best defender, which people often forget basketball has two sides to the game. And I I think they're going to figure it out. I think they're going to bring in a lot of defensive talent, which generally doesn't cost as much as offensive talent in the Mm -hmm. NBA. Uh, So I I do think this is kind of year one, though, like we saw in Miami, where there was a lot of stress and, and, it didn't look right, and uh, they didn't all figure out the roles. That said, the big three was built on LeBron James, D. Wade, and Chris Bosh. At the time, all three were all-world defensive players. They have zero of that in in Brooklyn. And and I will say, well, like, Washington- I, I like I like I like Dimwitty. I think Dimwitty is a good player. Both sides, he plays yeah. both sides of the court. He's a good player. And I was actually worried. I said, if they lose him, he might be their outlet in the playoffs. If they lose him in a trade for for Harden, because if I were the Rockets, I would have went after him harder. And I would have went after anybody else. I always love the argument that basketball has defense because when you score 100 points every game and your opponent scores 100 points every game, are you really playing defense? Like, are the numbers just inflated to say there's big numbers? Like, what's the point? Well, they would have scored 106 points, Eagle. But that's the thing, Eagle. Like, I I get that. But aren't you a math guy? Like, aren't you supposed to recognize efficiency and that, that, like, if a team can hold you to, like, you know, 0.2 points less per possession – how that has an effect at the end of a game? Well, here's here's the math that I run, right? If a possession is 25 to 30 seconds and you score 50 times a game, you're only missing 10 times in a game. I mean, it's not exactly that. but also, but <laughs> I know, okay, but that's what it is. Let's, let's follow your math. Let's follow your math. If, you, if most games are decided, let's say, by six points, and instead of, you know, 50 baskets, some of which are three points, I, I can limit you to scoring 46 baskets. Isn't that a big deal? Yes, but at the end of the day, that's very <laughs> but nominal. But you can score the way that you can when you have KD, Kyrie, and James Harden. Yeah, but why play defense when you can just score four more times? Well, because that's how you win games. Yeah, <laughs> and by like, scoring more points. Scoring more Duh. points than the other team. <laughs> It's how, how you win games, Eagle. So there you go. That That's the strategy for the Nets. Score more points than the opponent. Yes, yeah, so but no, defense the, uh, doesn't the opponent are also scoring is going to be the issue. Anyway, we'll see how that all that works out, of course. Uh, listen, it's a big trade. It's going to be a lot of fun to talk about. They put a lot of pressure on themselves. The thing I find interesting is the characters of LeBron James and D-Wade had trouble being the villains. How do you think the egos of you know KD, Kyrie, and James Harden deal with that? 
How do you think uh, Flat Earther, uh, uh, too sensitive KD, and uh, James Harden, who, uh, according to the Marcus Cousins, came into training camp not giving a shit, bad attitude, James Harden? Uh, I don't. Well, I look, don't think it's going to work. Say, the thing with the thing with the bad attitude thing, um, the the defense of that is that's how you get. It's the only way you get traded. I I agree with that hundred percent. But there's still a level of respect that you have to have, and I think that. Harden realized he knows, and for for good reason, that he was the key to that organization, and he felt like he gave them everything. Which how can you give somebody everything when you didn't win everything? Yeah, well, that's his point too, though. Is how can you feel like you surrounded me with everything when we didn't win anything? Yeah, that's a good point. So both the, that, that that's what creates that that conflict, right? That's how you get there. Um, Terry, we have a great interview on deck. We're gonna talk to Sean Campbell of TSN six ninety. He's doing a great thing with La Brasse Brewery. Um, they're not even our sponsor. I just love them as a brewery. Um, I'm very excited to try the beer. Uh, I know that you're going to try some during the interview. Uh, Sean's going to talk to us about that. I just I like the brewery. I like the idea. I think they're doing something great. It's a great way for them to get their podcast uh, off off the ground. And and he's a guy who's already got some local acclaim, and this this just helps to solidify his brand. We're happy for all the things Sean is doing. Um, he's going to join us when we come back. We'll talk to Sean Campbell of TSN 690. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, we are joined with, or joined by, rather, joined with would be strange. We are joined, uh, adjoined. Let's go with that one, Terry. We are adjoined uh, with uh, Sean Campbell. He joins us from TSN 690. He's got so many titles on his Twitter feed, so I shortened it all. I'm going to go with just Caribou Jerk. Sean Campbell of TSN 690. He's also uh, on the Off the Cuff show with Chris Nyland, the Delmar post-game show with Mitch Gallo, and uh, post-game pints, um, which is a podcast you do, if I'm not mistaken. Right, Sean? That is a podcast that uh, Mitch Gallo and I have been uh, working on. It's kind of an evolution of the uh, Hot Topic podcast and the Hot Topic show that we had on TSN 690. We turned it into a podcast over the summer, and then we rebranded. We always wanted to rebrand it. And then we went with the uh, post-game pints podcast. Uh, we're in the infant stages, but we've uh, turned a little video like you guys work in the video and the audio as well. So yeah, that's fun. But I like, uh, by the way, I like that caribou jerk. That's that's caribou the, jerks. the quality quality title. That should be. Well, the I, I looked through the your, list, your and, and, and they're all all the titles are so impressive that I needed to choose really like the the cream of the crop. So when I'm looking at that, what really sticks out to me, and I said. Caribou Jerk. Caribou Jerk is the way to go. Um, Sean, uh, thank you so much for your time. Uh, we're going to absolutely waste it today. Uh, yeah, and yeah. part of the reason is that Terry's been drinking. Uh, what he's drinking today, and we're going to let you actually introduce it, but it's it's a beer that you're involved with. Am I right? I, I, I'm drinking it too. There you go. The uh, Campbell Play-By-Play IPA, courtesy of uh, LaBrosse Brewery. Uh, they're, they're the... Uh, sponsor of the post game pines podcast and they wanted to jump aboard right away with mitch and i uh they they like listing the way that we do things so they had an idea of creating two beers in competition with each other and that's where it kind of got started but they really let us be a part of the process from naming branding imagery uh going in and making the beer I, you know, I made beer when I was in CJEP. I took that John Abbott college class where you get to make beer and drink beer in class. I definitely did that. But that was the last time I made beer. So this was this was at a grander scale. 
at La Brasse Brewery, and uh, it was it was a lot of fun. They asked us, what kind of beers do you like? How do you want it? Uh, so my my uh, Campbell play-by-play IPA, they asked me if I liked IPA. Uh, they came up with the name. I liked it because I do play-by-play for the Rocket. I fill in for the Canadians. I've done the Montreal Alouettes. It's a passion of mine doing play-by-play, so I really like the name. And uh, the, the logo, by the way, we were going to go with the Campbell Tartan, okay? The Campbell Tartan. But it was okay. a little harder to do, and they wanted a sports theme with Gallo being the angry Gallo. The board's head is the Campbell clan uh, mascot, or like the the imagery. Like if you look up the Campbell ah, clan, it's, awesome. it's the board's head. So they did the research, and I was like, I love it. And I think the, both cans look <laughs> great. Uh, the beer tastes great. It's an IPA, but it's an IPA, by the way. If you like IPAs, it's great. If you don't like IPAs, it's a good IPA to be introduced to. It's not too strong. It's about 6%. So, uh, cheers. I'm not a huge IPA guy, but I do like this. I do actually like this. It's not bad at all. It's much better than Gallo's garbage beer. I will say that. Yeah, so we are... Who puts coffee in beer? Did he he choose the beer? Did he he choose the degrees? Who puts coffee in beer? I I actually love... Like, I'll I'll be honest. I like mine better. But I I, I like Gallo's beer. I don't mind it. I, I like the smell... Of the coffee, I'm a, I'm a coffee guy. I drink my coffee, and but uh, Gallo's beer, I have I have zero issues with. Sean, I, I feel like you don't really understand the landscape of sports radio. You can't like your opponent. You need to hate them no matter what, no matter what they do. So like, Gallo hasn't been in our podcast. We're throwing our weights behind you. Everyone's yeah. got to go out and buy Sean Campbell's beer. We're going to buy nonstop Sean Campbell's. The one sampler we got of Mitch Gallo's, I'm not even going to drink it. I refuse. On principle alone. <laughs> on principle, man, I can't do it. I can't, I can't support someone uh, like Mitch Gallo who, who yeah, unlike, yeah. hasn't come on our show yet. So yeah, we, so, had, we yeah. had Brent Topol on and he told us a story about Alan Vino and how he doesn't like him and we don't like him. Man. We don't just, Alan Vino is in the blacklist. That's how it works. Yeah, refuse. Okay, Gun. I like that. But yeah. here's the thing with Gallo. Uh, he is my opponent for when we do our podcast when we work together on the post game show or we're on the air we we love butting heads and i will be honest about that but at the same time in real life he's my teammate i play hockey with him i play baseball with him he's my vbf not bff vbf so i do support him but what i'll say is if when you go buy your campbell play-by-play ipa buy three of mine and one of his like buy more, like me more. Doesn't mean you yeah, have that's to a good point. along the way. Just that's like fair. Me that's more. fair. I, I think and if we, you know what, that happens naturally for most people when they meet me and meet him. So you're saying 25 percent? Uh, only 25 percent of the people he meets likes him. So yeah, pretty much. And, and if, I, if I'm in the room, I usually steal the steal the show. Yeah. So last night was the uh, the first game of the season for the Montreal Canadiens. Um, what are your Overall declarative overreactions to the first game. Overreactions, and this is weird because they lost. Mm-hmm. Was that I was my first reaction was they're going to win the next five games. That's an overreaction. I like it. I like it. I, I I just really like what I saw, and that's a it's a weird overreaction to a game that they lost. But I feel if they play that way every single night, they're going to win more than they lose. And then I follow that up and watch Vancouver and Edmonton right after. And I'm watching those two teams, and it was a pretty good game. But the the my evaluation was how would the Canadians play against these teams? And I think the Canadians would have beat both those teams last night. That's the, the thing. Way that the Canadians too- played. I thought they were going to beat them. 
Yeah, it's true. And I, that's the thing is, I think that the the division is going to be so tight that you're going those those games are going to they're going to flip flop, man. You're going to have games against Toronto or even Ottawa. They're going to go to the they're going to go to overtime, and it was it was crazy to see how how well how f- just they came out firing right away, and hopefully they'd be able to go. But I I had the same sentiment as you, Sean. I thought that. Okay, that was a tough game against a team that's pretty much like preseason ranked is going to win the division. And the tough game, okay, they lost. They they were up 3-1. They lost. But at the end of the day, you know, they put out a good showing. Bergevin's guys look good. And I'm very optimistic for the next five games. I, I'm very optimistic. What do you think about um, Josh? Everybody's going to freak out about Josh Anderson. So now he has two goals. Uh, Max Domi's garbage now. Uh, everybody's going to say that. What are your thoughts on Josh Anderson? Anderson is he the real deal? Can he get to that twenty-five goal rank? All right, we were talking twenty-five goals prorated, though, right? Pro, oh yeah, prorated, of course, yes. Yeah, right. prorated. So let's say eighteen goals, eighteen goals. Yeah, I I think that's the mark that you'd like to see from him. He's the guy that scored twenty before last year, an injury plague season, couldn't get back into the lineup. But man, just the impression he made in that first game. But then I think about a lot of Montreal Canadiens in their first games. I think about Andrew Shaw in an exhibition game at the Bell Center. I don't know if you remember. He got into a fight, and he grabbed him. He grabbed the opponent by, like, the scruff of the neck, and he went to the crowd. He's like, yeah! And everyone's like, I love this guy! <laughs> and then Max Domi, his first time at the Bell Center, everyone was like, oh, my God, Domi's the greatest player in the world. First impressions are huge on Montreal Canadiens fans. And, and, That's a good and it's the same thing. I think Joel Edmondson, he's got such a hill to climb because he didn't play that great last night. And it was his first game. If Joel Edmondson was the one that fought uh, Wayne Simmons, but he beat Wayne Simmons, everyone's going to be like, oh, Edmondson, he's the greatest. It's first impressions <laughs> are, are crazy. So you got to remember, like, right now, how you feel about Josh Anderson when he goes eight games without a goal because it's That's likely good. to happen. He's going to go eight games without a goal at some point this year. I, I, I'm pretty good at keeping an evil, even keel on how I feel about a lot of these players. I think Josh Anderson's a good fit on the Canadians. Do I think he's going to be uh, more productive offensively than Max Domi is as a number one center on the Columbus Blue Jackets? I'm not sure about that. I don't think so either, yeah. The thing, the thing is, too, we get, you know, fans often get bogged down into, like, who, quote-unquote, won the trade instead of, Listen, we made our team better. If that happens, to also make another team better. That's also okay. That's that's possible. That that can happen. You know what I mean? Um, and and seeing that, and I, I kind of took the same thing away from uh, as you guys. That look, they 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 played well. The the fourth goal is not is something that's not going to happen on, on most nights. Um, but I want to talk to you, Sean, about you. You have a, a tournament you organize. Uh, it's an old timers tournament, Point Claire, if I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah, the, uh, the PCI Channel tournament. I don't organize it anymore. It's a, uh, it's a intermediate. So it's it's not old timers. It's twenty one to thirty five. Oh, so, uh, so so our researcher yeah, needs to be yeah. fired immediately. Got it. Got yeah. it. Cool. And, and your researcher, I uh, as as organizer, I can't call myself the organizer anymore. I did organize it for twelve years, and I was okay. a part of the organizing committee. And uh, I still go to it. I still participate in it. I still run a team for them. And when I show up, I, you know, pretty much I, I'll work the auction if they need an auctioneer. Uh, but that's a tournament that didn't get to happen in 2020 because of uh, COVID-19. But uh, we're hoping we could put something together. It's, uh, it's, it's mainly for, you know, beer leaguers. You put your own team together, your team that, you're, that you have. Uh, you know, you, you register at PCIHL.ca. It's out in Point Claire. It is an incredible tournament, absolutely. And it's not just the hockey because you got five days 
guaranteed three games, maybe five if we make the semis and the finals. But the the hospitality that the organizing uh, organization committee puts together, phenomenal. From the drinks to the food to having hockey on big screen TVs at the bar in the arena, so you can get together. Now, who knows if you're going to be able to do that in 2021? But it's a it's a tournament that will continue when you're going to be able to continue. And if anybody's out there and they want to put together a team, uh, I, I tell you right now, January, February is the time to send an email to PCIHL. You can get it on PCIHL.ca, get their info. They'll get back to you right away. And you know what? Find me on Twitter. I'll make sure you find the right people. I still have. I think I'm still in control of the PCIHL Twitter account. You know, I'm just a player in the league now. I used to run the league. I used to run the tournament, all that stuff. But, oh, man, I miss I, I missed that tournament last year. I miss being in tournament hockey, sitting back, having beers, playing hockey all weekend long. Uh, yeah, I don't organize it anymore, though. I, you know, I don't want to tell you it's 21 to 35, and I don't want to tell you I'm over 35 right now. But I'm, uh, I'm just I'm kind of uh, in the twilight of my intermediate career. So you should add auctioneer now to your Twitter bio. I should oh, yeah. because I, yeah. uh, the last the last two years Gallo and I did the auctions and and, and let me tell you that I am way better than Gallo at being an auctioneer. <laughs> so so better at making better beer, better at auctioning. Uh, so yeah. we, we got to get you to get you off of Caribou Jerk and onto Caribou Auctioneer. Yeah, yeah, yeah your so next beer cool. should be called Caribou Jerk or Caribou Auctioneer. Yeah. That'd be great. I like so, the Caribou Jerk, by the way. That, by the way, the whole caribou, and I don't know, do you guys know the, the whole story about caribou? I at don't. All? We picked it off your Twitter bio. Okay, so this this goes way back, and it involves drinking beer. This is, okay. So when I was in high school, um, we, my buddy and I, we had a holiday that we created. It was called Day of the Wandering Caribou. And we celebrated it every day on March 23rd. And then... By the time we were like 17, 18, we we're like, hey, let's celebrate and go have some beers. So the first year we had two people show up and then it was four and then five. And then one year, like it exponentially got larger. We threw a party of over 300 people easily. That's great. For the day of the wandering caribou. Started a and, call. Uh, yeah, it, it's pretty much a call. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Um, my baseball team is the, we're the caribous and it's based off of that. And uh, so we, we've, you know, every year still. I celebrate Day of the Wandering Caribou, and this is the weirdest thing in the whole wide world, is that uh, my second uh, son, born on the Day of the Wandering Caribou. That's, That's pretty awesome. Instantly, yeah, you it's weird, but we... instantly your favorite child. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Don't I'm say right here. Don't say it too, too loud. They're both right here. <laughs> They're both right here. <laughs> uh, well, now we know. Now we know. Uh, and we know We know you planned that pregnancy. We know you, you counted out the days. You're like, this is, yeah. we got to do it, honey. Tonight's the night. Uh, and, and there you go. You have the child of the wandering caribou. Yeah, she was like, uh, no, 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 no. I don't want him to be born on this day. No, 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 no. And then he just was. It's too bad. You know, sometimes you just can't control fate, you know, and that's what happened. So who's up? So you've done auctioneer, play-by-play. You have your beers, play-by-play. So you've done play-by-play with a bunch of people. Who's your favorite? And there's only one answer, and I hope you get it right. My favorite uh, favorite guy to do play by play with so your favorite com- your favorite color guy that you've done it with. That you've oh, my with. favorite color guy. Yeah. That that I've done it with. And yeah. you, you 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 have you have your answer. I know the answer. Think I should say. He just texted me. He's like, "Tell Sean I say what's up." So you have to you have well, to tell me. Say, you have to the right awesome. Answer. Well, tell tell David Sanchez I say hi. 
<laughs> no, it's not Dave Sanchez. That's a good one, though. That's a good answer. Dave Should Sanchez. I, I will tell you this, okay? I <laughs> I didn't do any Alouettes games last year. There was no games in the year before. Uh, two years before that, I did four. And then one year, I did a whole bunch. And I did a bunch as the analyst. But the year I got to fill in, and I did about four games with Dave Sanchez, a couple on the road. Man, I loved him on color on TSN 690 radio. But I kept, I knew right away. I was like, this guy's made for TV. Look at him now. He's on TSN all the time. Yeah, yeah, he's TSN great. Edge. Uh, he joins me on TSN. We'll text back and forth. I mean, one of my favorite people. But to do a game color with him, it was really neat because he does things differently. His conversations, you ever see on TSN? when He's, he, he's very laid back. Yeah. But he'll turn around and ask like somebody else. He put it like, no, you're supposed to be answering. But that's his answer. <laughs> it's it's yeah. the question. Uh, Davis Sanchez is uh, one of my one of my favorites that I've ever done uh, color with. Uh, I'm trying to, so if, if, if you're saying the one that I love doing color with, are you saying it? He, he was, he was 2019 hot sauce sports guest of the year. I will tell you that. Is are you talking about Christian Fulter? No, he's going to be so disappointed, Sean. It's Marco Briette. Oh, true. <laughs> I love Brew. And you know what? You know, what's going to be bad? is he's going to be so insulted I went with Sanchez and not him, and I went to football. I didn't go with all my hockey guys. I went to the football guy that wasn't Brew. That wasn't Brew. Uh, he's I a love Marco. Huh? Marco's, yeah, yeah. Marco's great. And you know what? Here's the thing. Because I, I knew Marco was the player, but I don't I, – I feel like I got to know Marco more as, as like, an analyst with TSN 690 when he was working with, with Rick. And, and then I started, you know, being part of the broadcast a little bit, and then I did one. But I didn't, I don't know, know him mm-hmm. at all. But I just like right away. And I love his, the thing with Marco, I love that he, uh, he's kind of like going for the commissioner. And I'm like, he's the perfect guy. Is he not yeah. the perfect guy to be the commissioner of the CFL? Unbelievable. And okay. Yeah. He, he, sure. he could campaign for himself. But I'm like, how come more people aren't campaigning around him? Do, do we, take, we take full credit, by the way. Yeah. We take full credit of uh, for him uh, pushing, making that push to be commissioner because it was on our show. We were actually egging him on that he should yeah, be yeah. commissioner of uh, of the CFL. So, you know, don't look no further than 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 me and Terry as campaign managers. <laughs> All right. So, what, what should I be commissioner of then? Uh, the uh, you know what? Uh, alcohol and beverage uh, beverages for the entire CFL, and you just they just drink play by play, IPA. There you go. The, the Campbell play by play IPA. Sorry, Marco. I went with Davis. Oh, man, that's insulting. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be fine. He's already like 16 Michelobes deep right now, so he'll be yeah. fine. Yeah. Uh, the lobes. He's getting into the lobes. But he's isn't... Keep that, he still keeps that form pretty tight, so, you know? Yeah, yeah. He's got the vegan lifestyle, and he lives in West Mount yeah. now. And, you know, he's living the life, Marco. He's living the life. All I do is eat meat and drink beer, so it's uh, I'm leaving the, the COVID pandemic lifestyle. That's it. Same here. Showing up. <laughs> It's the COVID lifestyle and, and, and the, the radio diet is the uh, yeah. Is where you're at. One of one of my favorite moments. So just is, just maybe it's maybe it's just a relation that I, I that I have with David Sanchez. One of the first great Cubs I covered was in 2008, and it was in Montreal. The Alouettes lost, and I had to do a little post game hit. I was up in the at the Big O, and I had to do a radio call for like half an hour. But I also had to go get audio and be the reporter for the station. So I was half an hour down late into the locker room. I run in. The Alouettes are gone. No one is there. No one is there. And I was covering the team for most of the year. And I just see Davis there. And I, I go around like, Davis, do you mind if I get a couple words with you? And he's just distraught. He's just like, not distraught, but he's like sad. And you can tell he's already gone through his emotions. And he just goes, 
taps on the chair next to him. Grab a beer, man. Sit down. Let's talk. I you love know? it. And I just, and maybe that's why I feel like I have this other relationship that I know a little bit longer. I've, I've worked with or known. Uh, and and I was in the locker room when Davis was there. I was in the locker room a little bit when Marco was there, but not as much. I was more on the up in the booth and because I was working for CFL uh, on TV. But that's why I have a little relationship with Davis. That was a really good reporter sports media moment for me when Davis said, sit down after losing the Grey Cup. No one in the locker room, me and him having a beer, just chatting. I didn't even turn on my microphone. My boss is like, where are the audio come? I'm like, oh, no, I don't have it. I, have <laughs> I don't know. It's in the beer. It's lost in the sauce. <laughs> it's lost in the sauce. But that's, that's sort of how you get some of those um, relationships where you don't necessarily report it and it, it kind of hurts in the moment. But you, you, it helps you build that relationship, and, and, and it bears fruit later on. So that kind of paid off for you. Uh, you, you we talked some CFL, but you're you're a Packers fan. Uh, switching over to the NFL, and their their big game is this weekend. What are your? There we go. What are your uh, eagle uh, eagle? You have someone uh, someone uh, who shares your kinship there. There are dozens <laughs> of us. Dozens, I tell you. At least yeah. dozens. Um, what are, what are your what are your thoughts regarding the, the the chances they got, or or is it like we've seen last year where they look so impressive and then come playoff time it just doesn't come together? I'm uh, I'm look sports being in sports media has really killed fandom. I grew mm-hmm. up a uh, Canucks fan, kind of lost that a little bit. Uh, you know, like people ask me, oh, you lived in Montreal, you weren't a Habs fan. I was like, no, not really, but maybe at one point I was trying to be, but then you get into the media, it just kills. Same thing for any local teams you want them to do well for your job but there's no other rooting interest this is the one that i've kept the rooting interest of the green bay packers and i feel that all my rooting interests from all my other sports have been compiled into the green bay packers so it has only amplified in the last 13 years uh 14 years almost now that i'm a packers fan so when people ask me hey how are the packers going to do this year i usually just say super bowl they're not going to lose a game because i just don't have that kind of belief i Going into the playoffs, I love that they got the bye. I think that was very important. I love that they're going to face the league's best defense this week. And I can't wait to watch Jalen Ramsey versus Devontae Adams. I hope Adams kills him. I hope he demolishes him. And I think he can. I think he's better than a guy like DK Metcalf who kind of got swallowed up by him. And I think that there's going to be a good game plan from Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur to how to get him free. Uh, I'm, I'm maybe a little worried about Aaron Donald because David Bakhtiari is out on the line. He's uh, their best lineman. So they're going to have to figure out how to get to Aaron Donald because we saw uh, the worst game that the Packers played this year were against the Bucks, and the Bucks were able to get past that offensive line. And if the front four of the Rams, which is better than the front four than the Bucks, gets by that offensive line of the Packers, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have time. And he's so good when he has time. He's good with no time too, but yeah. at the same time, when you're front four and you're not blitzing anybody, you get to the quarterback, that's going to cause havoc, even on the best quarterbacks. So I, I, I feel good about the Packers. I just know it's, going to, it's not going to be easy. Uh, I think that they're, they're probably a Marquez Valdez-Scantling drop away from a blowout victory. Okay. And if he, doesn't, if he does drop it, it'll be a lot tighter than I'd like. That's, so that's, I, I, that's, that's actually a good... I love that you set me up for this transition because I was I, I love asking this to Packers fans. I've been under the belief that uh, Aaron Rodgers for the last few years has had Devontae Adams, who I've come around on and is obviously very great. He's not just a product of playing with Aaron Rodgers. 
But the second receiver for the Green Bay Packers is essentially a shopping cart. <laughs> um, so to me, that, that just speaks to the greatness of Aaron Rodgers. But how infuriated are you with every NFL draft and every NFL offseason where the Packers don't add help uh, at the re- uh, wide receiver position for Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I would have loved if they picked up some – like think about if, you know, you had Devontae Adams and some young speedster – that they, they really had faith in. But at the same time, the Packers might have done that. And that receiver might not even saw the light of day because the, the, the Packers do a lot of work. If you flash back to hockey, like the Detroit Red Wings, they let these guys toil for a while. They let them sit. Aaron Rodgers sat as the number one draft pick as a backup for a while. And, and, and yes, some guys can jump into the mix right away. But a lot of the even the first round picks, they sit and watch for the first year. And they try and figure it out. And I think that's changed a little bit with Matt LaFleur as the head coach. Uh, but the philosophy before with Mike McCarthy, even if a first round or second round, you had to wait your turn before you got in. So even if they, they got a first round guy, I think it would have been nice. Uh, I, I, I know maybe your shopping cart uh, term was for Valdez Scantling, who I like. I just think that I like that Aaron Rodgers still goes to him because he does get open. It's not like it's going off of him and then it's going to be intercepted. Uh, but and, and his drops there. Yeah. It hasn't cost them yet, and that's why I don't want it to cost this weekend. I think Alan Lazard is very good. I think he's their number two. He was hurt for a while this year, but he is very trustworthy. I think that uh, Aaron Rodgers feels good about him. Tavon Austin is a guy that they picked up halfway through the season off a practice roster. He's he's solid as well. So they have pieces. It is a little frustrating, but I have no problem if they're if they're getting those first round picks on a on a big offensive lineman to protect Aaron Rodgers or if they're going to do it on a, a defensive player that's going to help a defense that needs a whole lot of help. I just said, uh, you know, the whole quarterback thing last year was a little puzzling when everybody in the world can see that Aaron Rodgers is not even close to done. Yeah. Also, uh, everybody can see that Aaron Rodgers is, uh, honestly, he's probably the most accurate quarterback I've ever seen throw the ball. I mean, he puts it in these tight windows that it freaks me out sometimes. That it doesn't make sense. And I, I, I've, every year there's like a rotation with Aaron Rodgers where if he loses in the first round of the playoffs, it's like, uh, he's not that he's done, but like we won't talk about him as the best quarterback in the league. As soon as he has like a couple wins in the playoffs or he has a great game, it's like, oh, he's the best quarterback in the league, whatever it is. I honestly think talent wise, he is the best quarterback in the league. And I, it's just it's it's mind boggling to me how the Packers drafted a quarterback in the first round. But I can also understand that he might like you said, he's going to be waiting in line for two, maybe two, three years when Aaron Rodgers hits 37 years old and he might not be able to sling it as deep as he can anymore. You know, so I think the Packers have always been a successful team and they, they know how to draft and they know how to build the organization. Yeah, they do a lot of within they very like it's a little different, like, you know, free agency or via trade or practice roster. But, you know, the, the Packers do it within in their draft. I, you know, they probably could have waited another year maybe two to get that quarterback to wait another year or two. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers is a weird dude. He really is. So, (laughs) you know, to avoid insulting him because he was insulted because that's the way he is. I think that over time he'll be fine. And then now he's like, Hey, look, and then Packers, he, he realized he's got a good thing with Matt LaFleur. He's got, he realizes he's got a good thing with Devontae Adams. And and maybe this year, this draft, they're going to say, all right, this is the year we'll get you a receiver. Maybe maybe that was a strategy all along, right? It was to light a fire under his ass to be like, oh, we're looking to replace you. And he goes, not on my watch. (laughs) Motherfuckers. I got a big dick. That's pretty much it. Like, just just the accuracy of the throws. And this is what I, I, I like, love telling people. I 
I, I, it was more last year. I think he threw six interceptions last year. Three of them were dead off the receiver up in the air and then caught. And then his, like this year, his uh, completion percentage was at 70%. I would love to see all the incomplete throws. I think 10% were drops. Another 12% was that he threw the ball away because he saw there wasn't a play. And I think he only missed 8% of his throws. That's crazy. Yeah. The, uh, to, to your point, Sean, you talked about um, you know, the, the Packers having guys wait their turns. For me, the one – and this must have driven you crazy as a fan because I'm not even a Packers fan. But watching this, watching Aaron Jones be on the bench for the first part of his career – where every time he touched the ball, he was obviously the most explosive back in the backfield. It was like, what are you doing? Why don't you let this guy take over the backfield? And finally, the, the, the reins have come off. He's in charge. And, and the Packers do look good. They look better than they did, even better than they did last year. Well, look, just like three, two weeks ago, A.J. Dillon really got his first start. And he was, he was monstrous. He was all yeah. over the place. Yeah. So, yeah. so Eagle, Eagle's got to got, let you go. Hold on, guys. Hey, buddy, can you give me another beer? Sorry, I just ordered another beer. <laughs> we're gonna let you. We're gonna let you go in a second, Sean. But we uh, Eagle has a surprise for you. He's looked up some of uh, our, you know, a former colleague of ours and a current colleague of yours, uh, Mo Khan. He's he's um, awesome at having terrible tweets. So he's like a great <laughs> bad movie. Um, yes. So Eagle's found some of these tweets. He's gonna read them to you, and then we need you to, to translate them into a human okay. language. So the emphasis is my own on these. The first one I have is from January 5th where he goes, by the way, Mo doesn't drink, but he has a tweet saying, does the SAQ sell wine corks? Question mark, exclamation mark, question mark. Will it be open during the lockdown? Question mark. Uh, The translation is that uh, Mo Khan in isolation and now quarantine and lockdown he has gotten into arts and crafts, and he wants to <laughs> build uh, a wine cork football stadium that oh. he's going to present to the Alouettes and ah. say, "This is the new stadium that you need to build." Uh, you that's know what? Exactly what I, mean. that, I, I, I think it's it's clear as day. I agree, Sean, because I don't think I don't think Mo's spoken about anything more than two things: the impact jersey for the last month and also the stadium of the, of the Alouettes. There's, those are the two things he's spoken about the most in his life. I think. Yeah. I think I got that tweet down. Yeah. Nailed it. That sounds good to me. Uh, <laughs> the next one I have is from the wildcard weekend saying moving forward, the biggest concern for the NFL is making sure the Browns, if they win, do not have any further problems with COVID. He then follows up with no way the coaches can drive down to Kansas city. All right, so that one is pretty much one Mo making sure the planet knows that he is concerned about COVID-19. That is to make sure that, you know, when you tweet and you say, hey, I care like everybody else cares. Yeah, thank you for your service, Mo. Yeah, and then the the whole thing about the coaches driving, he wants to make sure that the NFL is on a higher level than any other league. I know he's high on the CFL, but when you have the double I, double A FL, uh, you have the XFL coming in. He wants to make sure that NFL coaches are treated right, and they're not going to be like these minor leagues that have to drive places. 
It's true They're because Wukong is big on, on safety protocols when it comes to COVID. Huge on safety That's protocols true. when it comes That's to COVID. Yeah. Um, no, but they're, they're not going to drive. The, the leagues are, these teams are rich. They, they got to they send a PJ. It's got to be PJ. <laughs> and I actually have a new one. This is from six hours ago in our last oh, one. Beautiful. In the beautiful. hashtag beautiful. CF Montreal rebranding, which is the new impact name, at least they got the quote Montreal unquote part right. Uh, that is Mo trying to be funny, tongue in cheek, saying that I'm going to be professional by not making fun of the new name Club de Foot Montreal, but I'm going to just say they got Montreal right. Hey, can you guys? And then he goes dot. Uh, there's probably a dot 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 there. And then he's that's him like, do you catch my drift? I'm Mo Khan. I'm funny on Twitter, and and mm -hmm. half the time I'm like, every time Mo tweets, I'm I'm this close to hitting mute. <laughs> mute. Just mute. But then I can't because it's Mo, and I love Yeah, he's, he's a great dude. He's a great dude. I will say, Club the Foot, by the way, the first thing I thought of was, um, if you guys remember the Foot Soldiers in um, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I thought the logo was going to just be a Foot Soldier. That was my Dude, like the Foot Clan. Yeah, the Foot Clan, exactly. That's, that's the well, first look, thing. I hope, you look, we have the Ultras, right? And, mm -hmm. and, and like uh, the 1692, 1642 group. I, I, I think right now, guys, we could do this. We need to create a third division of, of Impact fans. It's the Foot Clan. Oh, I'm down. Yeah. We, we wear masks. We have to wear masks. It's COVID, yeah. right? Pandemic. And Rex Ryan is there. Yeah. There we go. That's true. He's head coach. Yeah. Rex Ryan could be our logo. Yeah. Foot Clan. Yeah. And we wear masks, ninja outfits, and we show up in droves out of the sewers. I fucking love it. That's such a good idea. And we're, all like, and we're all sauced off Labras play-by-play, Campbell's play-by-play IBA. Do go out and buy it. Support Sean. Do not support Mitch Gallo. He is traitor. As much. Support as him, much. but not as much. As yeah. much. Support him 25% as much. As much. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely do go out and buy it. Labras is a great brewery. I, I've actually been, I've drank their beer for a long time. I, uh, I am both lactose intolerant and allergic to mangoes. I love their mango um, uh, milkshake IPA. I can't drink it out of the house. Like I can only drink it if I'm within 10 feet of the bathroom. But it's so delicious. I don't care. It's amazing. Uh, they're a great brewery. I'm really happy you it's guys crazy. are. That, that mango one, though, that mango creamsicle, I'm the same way. Like I was like, yep. okay, I'm not going to like this beer. I, I, like I've tried a lot of beers. There's beers I like I don't like right away. And then I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I love it. It is delicious. I got to try it now. I got to try it. It was uh, CFL ref Walter Berry uh, got me on, turned me on to that brewery. Um, really happy that they uh, support your podcast. It is called Post Game Pints. Um, Sean Campbell is also joining us, courtesy of TSN 690. Uh, he also hosts Off the Cuff with Chris Nyland and the Delmar Post Game Show with Mitch Gallo. Sean, thank you for allowing us to waste your time. Nah, it was a great waste of time. Now I'm going to go it. and watch Cobra Kai. I'm good. Have a good one, buddy. It's a good season. Put a hash brown. Good night, man. You, Put a hash brown on. Hash brown. Hash brown. Guy. And we're back. <laughs> All right, Eagle. There's no way for me to know that because there's no like sonic cue or anything. Uh, that was an awesome interview. I love talking to Sean. We're going to have him back for sure. We had some technical difficulties, so there was uh, the timing was a bit off. It felt a little awkward, uh, but he's just a really interesting dude and a really, really nice guy. Love talking to him.
I really like how you guys managed to change outfits and then change back instantly right before the interview and right after the interview. Yo. It's it's a feat I've never been able to manage, but you guys pull it off week in, week out. I didn't change my outfit at all, actually. I said <laughs> the exact same thing no, I wore. How impressed are you, Eagle, that I can nail this half Windsor twice the same yeah. day? Yeah, half Windsors <laughs> are hard, man. Come I got to say, like, those are really I never tricky. know how to do a full Windsor. I only know how to do half. Uh, well, I can do I can do that. I can do Oriental. I got full Windsor. I got four in hand. That's I'm your guy for ties, baby. Just don't give me don't give me a bow tie. That's just bullshit. Never Fuck bow ties. No interest. We'll talk to Mo Khan about bow ties. Eagle, what All time right. is it? Let's go into rapid fire. All right, for our first topic we're going to be talking about here, uh, former NFL player and Super Bowl champion Chris Long did not mince words uh, when discussing his thoughts on those who stormed the Capitol uh, when he made his appearance on the Dan Levitard show. This clip's about a minute long or so. And hopefully a lot of people woke up to it, the fact that like all these people just walked in, and the irony of Blue Lives Matter flags, and you're like crushing police officers between riot shields and i'm not somebody like when david dorn got shot i thought that was fucked up and i and i don't think people i think some people were so afraid of this political and ideological tug of war that nobody said that was wrong so i that was wrong but i'm here to say it was fucking wrong for those people to crush that dude to beat the guy with a fire extinguisher over the head like what are we doing dude you're killing cops with blue lives matter flags and american flags Walking with a guy with a stars and bars in the fucking state capitol. Like, what, do you, what are we doing here, dude? Just right. say it. You don't like America. You've never liked America. You just like white America, dude. Like, it's just so clear. You just told on yourself. It's the whole group. So at least now we know that the red hat is not like to me, that red hat is no longer. And I don't care who I piss off saying this. Like, that red hat is no longer like you don't have plausible deniability anymore. Like, you are literally anti-American. And if you're walking around in public with that hat, I'm not, I'm not asking people to do anything about that. I'm just saying I'm looking at you as a fucking traitor, as I always have. But now I can be like, hey, traitor. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you can't even deny it. You know what? He's not far off. And even as a guy, I've, I've defended the whole free speech, wear your hat stuff and whatever. It's your hat. You want to wear a fucking hat and wear it. But at the end of the day... Right now, what happened as of three weeks before January 6th was when Trump came on and said, everybody, let's go on on January 6th. We're going to storm the Capitol. And then they all did it. And then who did it was people wearing uh, swastika shirts and uh, Blue Lives Matter stuff and and all that stuff. And it just shows to me it's like if you're if this is if you are OK with this, then you have a problem. But also, if you're OK with any riots in general, you're a problem. Yeah, of course. Like that's yeah. We kept saying that too. Is like, listen, yeah. we understand why the, the you know the, the black community felt oppressed, and, and mm-hmm. but we said you know the Black Lives Matter movement is like, yeah, like it sucks, and we understand why it's happening. But man, violence is you know, it's never okay when people get hurt. It's never okay when, when people die. Um, and in the case here, like the Chris Long is saying, like he's referring to them as traitors, and you marched on the Capitol. Like, there's never a context where you're not a traitor when you march on the capital of your country. Well, they marched um, at the at the at the orders of the president. Are they a traitor then? I mean, I don't know, but I get I get what he's saying. And I what's like, the I, what's the shut up and dribble version for a defensive end? Is it shut up and drop into coverage? Shut up and rush the quarterback? Shut up and shut up in three point stands? Sack your <laughs> sack your mouth. All right, next, it's in the game. 
Uh, EA Sports, like every year, does its simulations uh, on all the systems, but essentially for NHL, they've determined that Quinn Hughes is going to win the Norris Trophy, and they've also gone ahead and predicted the final standings based on the new breakdown, and we're looking at something like this, uh, where, hold on, let me move this up, oh, there we go, uh, where Toronto will finish first in the north, Colorado in the west, Tampa in the central division, and Philly in the east. Thoughts. I don't hate. I don't hate these. I don't hate these standings because to me, Toronto it should finish first. Toronto or Edmonton. Uh, I I like Montreal making the playoffs, but it's going to be tough against Calgary, Winnipeg. Calgary, what well, Calgary, Winnipeg, Montreal, and Vancouver are all going to be fighting for those two spots. Uh, I see the West. I mean, Arizona to me is a team that could do some damage. Uh, so I like them. Minnesota, Anaheim, not so much. So I think Arizona might be able to slide into fifth, maybe fight against LA for that four spot. But the rest looks pretty good. Carolina is a very underrated team, also. Uh, Florida, I'm not high on. Chicago, Detroit, too. Nashville, you know, they're always a good team. I mean, they have Roman Yossi. The guy's a fucking, he's a fucking unit. He's unbelievable. So they'll, they'll, they're going to be fighting with Columbus, man. Columbus is always a well-coached team, but they're having their problems too. It's, it's, it's tough, but I like these standings. These standings make a lot of sense to me. I do agree to this. So isn't this, when I see this, I feel like this is why I, I don't believe humans won't beat AI. Like, it just feels like the most computer-generated thing where, like, injuries don't happen and, like, guys don't go through a slump or – especially in hockey, like, where, like, a goalie can just have a bad month for reasons that no one understands and he's fine for the rest of his career. But he had that one bad month and you just finish out of the playoffs. Like it happens- this is how much – this is how much uh, that AI has advanced because they don't have Pittsburgh going into the playoffs. So that if, is true. If, though. Is, that is true. Actually, you know what? Yeah. That's a good point, Terry. If there, if there's, if there's anything that NHL does, is that they always it, the, the the rankings are always based on if you have the best players, and they have Crosby, Malkin, Latang on their team, and there are highly rated players in the game. So for them to not be at least in the playoffs, and New York, who has a lot of young guys to be in the playoffs, it shows that their AI is much better than it used to be. I'm just happy, honestly, that we didn't have to pay to see this, and they didn't put it behind a DLC wall. Next. Uh, I hate you. I, hate for- you I was going to go for that joke. Good job, Eagle. Good job, Eagle. Uh, you can't go 50-50 with Tahoe. Uh, Pierre-Edouard Belmar's hopes and dreams were dashed as Andre Borowski informed him that their Borowski. game on Feb- in February on Lake Tahoe will not actually be played on <laughs> Lake Tahoe, but rather ba- in the area. And you can watch the moment in this press conference here. <laughs> actually, like, I have never... Uh, Skating on a lake my entire life. We're not skating on a lake, though. Huh? It's not on the lake. It's not on a lake? No, it's beside lake. No! Yeah. I thought it was on Lake Town. <laughs> We're playing on the 18th uh, fairway, bro. No! Take, I didn't even know. You take it, take, take For it. real? Oh! You just crushed my dreams! Uh, well. <laughs> Get up your belly. He's... I love it, man. I love, I love how dumb hockey players can be sometimes. I'm excited about it. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna wait actually, for the moment where he finds out for the I first time. Never, uh, He's so happy here. On a lake my entire life. We're not skating on a lake, though. Huh? It's not- <laughs> right there. <laughs> He's like, "Are you serious or what?" He's probably looking at him like, "Hey, listen, listen, Bora, you're probably fucking with me here." But it why wouldn't you want to skate on a lake for a game? Like that would be awesome. Like imagine it's like a warm day. There's a big hole in the middle. You have to skate around it. There's like a fight and someone gets thrown <laughs> in. They drown and referees are like, "Well, I guess that's the penalty box now." So eagle, so eagle plays hockey on the in, during the purge, basically. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, they're already wearing blades on their feet, right? You're halfway there. <laughs> they're wearing. They're skating around knives on their feet, of course. But exactly. Right. Exactly. Uh, 
in the red zone prior to NFL kickoff, Scan ha- uh, Scott Hansen, Jesus, uh, tweeted this out. Uh, we're at 35 Sundays until NFL Red Zone returns. Until then, 10 hours of commercial field football start now. Scott That's Hansen's the best. That's I think Scott, Scott Hansen is probably the only thing that's saving football right now. Like, viewers. I, I don't think anybody watches, unless it's your team playing. If your team's not playing, you're on Red Zone. Scott yeah. Hansen's the best. And the way he can handle, he can handle 12 games at a time is unbelievable. Well, not 12, so- but you know what it is. So it's like it's an incredible amount of like TV polish to do that job, and so because of that, I thought he was going to be the most starched personality. But I love the fact that the dude loves to have a laugh. The guy can poke around and have fun, and like not even just not even be a jerk about it. Just be a fun loving guy. You know what I mean? I really yeah. enjoy that. That said, he tweeted that out and I had a laugh. By the end of the third game, when I saw the 18th. Uh, a commercial of like, you know, whatever truck they're trying to sell me and whatever insurance. Because I feel like it's the same seven commercials for 10 hours. Like at least if it was different commercials, it's the same ones over and over and over. I was ready to pull my eyes out. <laughs> uh, next, uh, kind of a little bit of sad news on this one. Uh, in the red, not in the zone this time, Evander Kane files for bankruptcy after being $26.8 million in debt. This may require him to opt out of this season to claim he that he's unemployed. He, there we go. Um, to try and get the uh, bankruptcy protection or whatever he's going to need. Kind of a sad story considering the last time I saw him, he was threatening a YouTuber for a fight. And then last time I saw before that, he was waving money around in Vegas. And it's probably how he all lost it all. So he has he has uh, 26 point. Uh, he has a one point one and a half million dollar uh, debts at uh, the Cosmopolitan Casino. Um, he has he has a ninety three thousand um, dollar a month expense. Like that's what he has. He has houses everywhere. He makes two thousand dollars a month on his podcast. His contract for the NHL would have to be uh, forfeited. So it's the only safe play for him right now. It's the only oh, safe wait, play. So he's opting out like, for real. He opted out of the season because he would have to forfeit his entire salary. Ah, uh, that was the smartest fantasy pick I made in our draft. <laughs> <laughs> He's out. God damn it, dude! <laughs> oh no! In, in all seriousness, like, um, it does suck, and it sucks to see it. And I don't understand how this keeps happening to athletes. And and the way you see it is like the way it happens is that it's people who don't have addictions not understanding people who do have addictions, right? And yeah, um, it is sad. We obviously hope for the best. He's, dude, one of my favorite players to watch. Right, like he's, you he's can't intense. not love he's the intense. way he plays the game. Shoots hard, hits hard. It, it's it's what fights you like hard. in hockey. You know, he fights exactly. He's the kind of star you like in the game, and it it just sucks that uh, he's going through. I, it does suck that he's going through. So I hope I wish him all the best. I mean, I think that now the Logan, the Paul brothers have no reason to fight him, so we can forget about that. Can we afford to pay him for hot sauce sports? Since like you know he kind of needs cash. I don't think so. Alex the intern has a big salary. That's true. That's true. He's overpaid. And then, finally, if you like it, you should have put a leash on it. A husband and wife in Quebec City, uh, in Sherbrooke, Quebec, rather, uh, were fined $1,500 a piece for breaking said curfew that I almost did myself yesterday uh, because instead of taking their dog for a walk, the wife took the husband for a walk with the leash around his neck and claimed that that he was her bitch. Only two places in the world this happens. Quebec 
mm-hmm. and like really the sticks of Alabama. The only two places oh, that I don't have. I was going to say Dade County, Miami. Oh, yeah, I was going to exactly. say a sex dungeon in some weird kinky <laughs> shit. <laughs> only two like provinces and states. So Quebec and Florida. The only two places that would ever happen. Only. Well, so, so what you're saying is Quebec and Quebec South. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I saw that story. I had, I had a good laugh. And, like, can they actually win this in Supreme Court because the guy can self-identify as a dog in 2021? I <laughs> doubt it because it's – I don't think it's about self-identifying. It's about is it a dog or is it not a dog. Hey, they can try. See what happens. Yeah, Cost them legal true. fees, worst case. It'll add up to three grand and they'll break even. Or they yeah, lose you and it's double the cost. dress up in costume. If you're not full, in costume, you can go fuck yourself. Full circle jerk. Maybe Evander Kane declares himself a dog and he doesn't have to declare bankruptcy after. Yo, is that Evander how they K-9. make those Airbud movies? Like Evander the hockey K-9. version can just feature Evander Kane. Evander K nine, we call it. Like he, like P said. There we huh? go. I like Evander K nine. And that's a rapid fire for this week, boys. That was awesome. Uh, great conversation this week with Sean Campbell with TSN six ninety, uh, as well as a bunch of other credentials. Of course, he can he can say that he's from wherever he wants. We know him as a the jerk caribou. Um, Terry. Nice. Thank you for everything you do. Uh, Eagle, thanks for everything you do. Uh, to the people out there, please do like, watch, subscribe, do all that stuff. That's what keeps us on the air. We, we try really hard to give you guys content that you'll enjoy and you'll love. Thank you for those who have followed, those who have liked, uh, and so on and so forth. Thank you for watching, and thank you for letting me be myself. <laughs>